Um, well, I think at the end of the day, uh, for first and foremost, there's a lot of the a lot of our a lot of the agents of all our players or free agents are actually here at the combine, and we've scheduled meetings more or less with all of them. Um, I think, as, as Todd alluded to, we, we have an idea internally what we're going to probably or potentially do, um, but at this point in time, you know, we don't really want to a, show our cards, show our hand, and be perfectly honest. Before we were to do something of that lines, like we obviously know we have the ability to franchise tag him. Uh, put the franchise tag on him. Um, but I think in f first and foremost, we'd like to communicate that with the player or the agent if that is something we decide to do. So, Well, I would say simply, you know, Mo is a very good player, and um, obviously we'd like to have him with the organization going forward. Um, but like I said, all options are on the table. I don't, wanna, I don't really want to speculate on that stuff, but I mean, at the end of the day, we like Mo very much. So we do realize the franchise tag is an option like every team has with their players to potentially hold on to him and um, you know, try to keep him long term. Well, I think, you know, every team more or less has to go through this process when they try to figure out, like, how to use the tag in terms of protecting, you know, the players they really want to hold on to. Um, we do have some good players that are going to be free agents this year. Damon's one of them. Auburn running back, but, Peyton Barber, podium C. But I would Auburn say simply, back, I would Peyton say, Barber, podium C. again, not to really speculate anything, I'd say realistically, um, you know, they're, they're both options. Um, I think at the end of the day, we probably have to decide one of the two. I mean, I don't really want to tip our hand which one we would do that with. No, no, I understand. And I think at the end of the day, what we're trying to do, um, what every team does in this period of time, is you try to make decisions. It's, it's like putting a puzzle together. So you're trying to make decisions that are going to be the best for the, for the team long term. Um, but I think first and foremost, I think we're going to do everything with our ability to try to keep as many good players on the team as we can. Uh, I know a lot of people have speculated, can we keep all of them? Um, I don't think it's, out of the outside, it's not outside the realm of possibilities. But, um, you know, it would be a very big investment in that area. But I think it's, you know, right now we're still kind of, well, let me pause for a second, too. Like, everybody here from the other teams, we're all trying to guess what everybody else's game plan is. So, so that being said, um, no, I know, I know. And the fans want to know. I appreciate that. Um, but but f for the most part, it's a little, you know, you're trying to sort of figure out what everybody else is going to do, and you're trying to obviously not dis to, you know, disclose what you're going to do. I would say simply this. We, we like both Mo. Uh, and Damon, and like and we're going to try to figure out a way to ideally keep both of them. Yeah, I, I would say, um, and I said this last year. I mean, ideally, you want to fill your needs in free agency, um, and you don't really want to let need factor into your draft decisions because. Teams do that. Um, the problem ends up being it's sort of a simple logic. If you factor something in that has no bearing on whether that player is going to be successful or not, you're needed a position. You run the risk of skewing your process or your grades, and then um, you know maybe passing on another player that turns out to be a much better player. Um, so what we we ideally like to do um, is is go into the draft ideally with every need filled, and and then just draft the best player available. I think we tried to do that a little bit last year. This year's free agency is going to be a lot like almost like a, a normal NFL team's free agency. I think right now we're kind of, you know, potentially in the middle range of terms of cap space. Um, we may make some moves that create a little bit more for cap space. We're looking at potential options of doing that. 
But the um, but I think going into this year's free agency, I think what we're going to try to do is, you know, again, as I said this before, you're trying to figure out which way you can best maximize the impact of the money you have. So I don't necessarily I think I don't think I would say we're going to fill some needs in free agency and then try to fill the other needs in the draft. Uh, you know, the other thing I think teams tend to do, they forget about it. It's, you know, it's a long time till September 1st and when the season starts. So we have a lot of time to potentially solve those problems going forward. So. Well, I don't really want to speculate where we are in terms of our negotiations and stuff like that. I mean, I think I think at the end of the day, we like Ryan. Um, I think we have a good situation for Ryan. Uh, we just have to come to an agreement on, you know, obviously a cost. What we've, what we've in a perfect world, what both sides think is fair. But um, you know, that's still yet to be determined here in the near future as we go forward before free agency. I always feel that when you go through it, and having only been a GM for one year, but watching this process. Um, you know, there's a lot of times you get to the combine. You know, you're obviously looking to college players. You're talking to your own agent, your own agents, or your own free agents. Um, and then there's a little window usually before the draft, when or before the, I'm sorry, before the free agency starts, that a lot of deals get done. And I would imagine we're probably in that same, you know, in that same boat. When uh, you know free agency hits, obviously, you know, some players get right to the edge of free agency. You actually want to test the market and see where it's at. And then, of course, if you're close and you know the market's kind of what you expect it to be. Sometimes deals get done kind of quickly. So we'll do a lot of groundwork, ideally, to maybe sign some of these guys before free agency, but uh, we'll see how this thing plays out as we get closer to it. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily want to talk, and this kind of goes back to what Todd mentioned a second ago. I don't really want to talk about like what we're planning on doing because at the end of the day, that sort of ties in with it. You know, we're trying to keep a lot of that stuff internal. So, um, so I would defer on that. But I would say simply... Every team looks at players on their contra- players on their team, uh, if, and looks at ways to potentially either create money if they need to do that and stuff like that. And that's a, that's a something that everybody does. Um, and you know we have you know we've gone through potential. My feeling with this free agency is going to be more of it's going to be kind of a fluid you know free agency where uh, we'll see how the how our free agents play out in terms of who we can sign and can't sign. And then at the end of the day, it's going to have a lot of contingency plans to see what we can do. You know, if things don't work out and the market goes above kind of where we feel comfortable with certain players. Yeah, you know, I think with the trade market, um, and generally, I think a lot of teams, it, it, it depends a little bit. It depends really on the contract and the players. Um, I think the big thing with trades in this league is you have to really make sure you know what you're what you're trading for. Uh, I thought one of the things that our staff did very well last year is we really researched not just the we, we evaluated the players in terms of their ability, but we really spent a lot of time trying to figure out what they were like as people um, to kind of figure out what they would bring to the mix there. So I think with the the reason I think a lot of teams don't trade or historically don't trade is that I think everybody's you know if if they think that there's a reason the team is trying to get rid of that player, then they may not want to bring that player on. I think we sort of did our due diligence, felt very good about the potential trades we made, and felt very fortunate they happened at the time. Well, I think I think Damon's a great example of you know the college draft process. Not that in, you know, obviously he wasn't drafted, but if you find a player of that caliber as a college free agent, that's kind of, in my mind, every time you find a player that's sort of as a college free agent, that really accelerates your ability to potentially turn your team around. But I think, you know, Damon to me is a, is, a, is an exceptionally good player versus a run, and he's, I think, also surprisingly effective at times as a pass rusher. So, 
Um, you know, I think to me, Damon is a very good uh, you know player in his role. You know, I, I think, you know, it's funny, I, I was in Houston at the time, and I remember, uh, you know, what we normally do is we go back and sort of self-scout, and we look at the players that kind of made it like a year, two, three years down the road, not just the draft picks, because you kind of evaluate that aspect. And you do it from a self-scouting standpoint. Um, but I think with Damon, maybe it was a situation that he was sort of off the radar a little bit and at, a, at a smaller level school. Um, and um, I remember at his pro day, his, his numbers, you know, he's a very big guy. I don't think his numbers were you know, exceptional at the pro day in terms of his testing and timing numbers. But at the end of the day, it's not a perfect science, the, the college draft process. And I think he's a much better player than, you know, the rest of the league probably knew at that point in time. And I think the Jets staff, at, you know, at that time too, did an excellent job in sort of identifying a college free agent that came San in and Jose played State very well. Yeah. You know, I think every team probably has a different approach. I think my personal approach or my personal philosophy has always been when you take a, a player at a smaller school, it's a little more difficult because even within the divisions, there's obviously a different level of competition from division to division. But within the divisions, there's different level of competition within the conferences. That's why the college draft is, is generally is, is fairly tricky or difficult or you know there's not a lot of teams that have historically always take the, the best player at every pick and from an opportunity cost standpoint but um, but I think really when you focus on the smaller school kids is in, you know if, if they are invited to an event like this this is where you really get the chance to see a measure up ability wise the most difficult thing I think when you evaluate players at a smaller school tends to be you know trying to assess their their skill level their athletic ability because you're kind of watching them on tape and a lot of the in inputs we or a lot of the evaluation process is very subjective so, um, so I think what you what you tend to do is go back to see when you get a chance to actually work them out here at the combine or at a pro day. You really focus on their athletic ability, and then the other part of it you have to factor in is like the facilities they have in terms of their development at their schools. Like a Division One A school, for example, in Alabama may have much better resources in terms of dietitians and meal plans and um, you know weight room and all those in all those aspects of all those you know, to develop the player. Whereas you go to a smaller school. They may just just not have the, the resources financially to do stuff like that. So that's, I tend to believe the smaller school guys, sometimes you, you, you'll find guys, and a lot of times you find some late-round draft picks where, or even college free agents in, this, in the case of, you know, uh, Damon, um, that really make great jumps in, as you kind of get them into your, in, and sometimes the jumps that they make from years one, two, and three are, are much more dramatic than some of the, maybe a guy at a bigger school who's sort of reached more of his potential at that point in time. Uh, between now and a year ago, um, hmm. I, I think uh, my thing has always been: I, everybody who becomes a general manager has a philosophy, you know, and they have a philosophy of how they want to run their departments and how they want to structure and staff things. Um, I tend to, you know, me personally, I, I you know, I'm not really a, of a guy who's like. So I have my philosophy based on where I, what I've done so far, and I have a system. But I'm constantly sort of looking at and trying to evaluate. I, I come to these environments sometimes, and when you see a lot of your friends and you can have a chance to kind of visit them socially, I'm constantly picking my friends' brains about what they do, trying to find nuances that may be an, an interesting idea going forward. I think in particular now, um, you know, obviously there's been some things in Cleveland with some, you know, people outside of football have come into Cleveland, outside of, you know, the traditional NFL route. 
Um, so it's interesting to you know to kind of look at it from that standpoint to see what they may do. And um, you know, we're a very competitive business, so we're constantly evaluating each other and trying to find an edge to be competitive. Um, well, I'm trying to drink less coffee. Um, other than that, I know. Um, I, I think the one thing I think it's, um, I know this year and this year's free agency, I think it's, you know, from my own standpoint, um, you know, last year we, it was a little different because we, you know, we really vetted free agency fairly thoroughly. We've done the same thing this year, but this year it's more of, you know, you're, it's, in a diff- it's a different playing field almost because we, we're in a different cap situation. So I think really what, I think this year in particular, it's, it's going to be very fluid because it's even if we, you know, maybe don't get certain players you want to get back from our current free agent group, um, it's just trying to make sure you make the right decisions. I, the one thing I also kind of thought going through this process is, you know, it, it's an interesting job in the sense that you're constantly making decisions, but you really have to predict the future, and that's a very difficult thing to do sometimes. I think I think it's philosophically, um, you know. I know everybody wants to kind of set you know standards and go, hey, you guys, what are you, what are you guys going to do this year? Um, you know, our goal going into this thing is to try to figure out the best way we can utilize the money we have um, to have the most impact in terms of you know making ourselves a better team. I mean, it's a longer process trying to turn a team around. Um, we had a lot of success last year, but to me, it's this is still very much a work in progress. And then, as Todd alluded to, there, you know, we're. You know, we have some good players, um, but we're con- but it's such a competitive industry that you constantly have to kind of, you know, figure out where you're weak at, and then, you know, to a, in a perfect world, try to figure out some way to improve upon that. Well, I think you know we do we do some we, every team I would imagine does some degree of analytics. Some of it's intrinsic in what we do because um, we're constantly looking at players, trying to project into the future, and then what you end up doing a lot of times is. You look for common trend. You know, you almost have your model of what you, your predictability of how you think the player is going to succeed. So you're constantly looking at past experience, and that's how you have to base it on, really. Um, and especially with people, you're dealing with such a, a variable that um, you know it's not just the physical aptitude and how they physically, especially when they're in college, how they physically develop. Um, it's also the intangible aspect of it with the character and stuff like that. And and was made mention before about the trades we made last year. Obviously, Brandon Marshall was a player we vetted very thoroughly. And, um, you know, when we had a chance to bring in Brandon, we, we probably analyzed Brandon as much from a, um, you know, what he would bring to the organization from an intangible standpoint and felt very good about it. And, um, you know, so to me, it's you're, you're constantly looking at things and trying to figure that out. But we do, we do, we do analytics in our process. And, and to me, it's, you know, going forward as we get more, you know, again, more information to kind of work with, that's something we'll definitely do more with. Well, I think what, what I always tell the scouts is we start this process literally last spring, and you go through the, the you know the colleges in the fall, you go through the all-star games, you go through um, you know the combine, the pro days, and eventually back to our April meetings. What I stress to the scouts all the time is that your evaluation is never really finished till you walk into that draft meeting in April, because that's the most important meeting of the whole process. We do we have a lot of meetings along the way. We kind of put the board up and you know start um, trying to figure out who you know stacking them one from one to 350 basically, 
Um, but I always stress to the scouts is that, hey, every time you have an opportunity to be around a player, get exposure to a player, utilize that to hopefully increase the you know, probability you're actually accurate in terms of what you're predicting that player to be. So that's my thing to them is, you know, the, the process doesn't really end. Some of our scouts actually work here at the Combine and some of the drills and around the players and working with the groups. Um, the ones that aren't doing that, obviously they're here to literally watch every drill and every, every event to kind of, see, you know, judge the player and make sure they've got them um, accurately, you know, evaluated.